Welcome back to the Granny Penny Podcast. I'm your host, Ruby Lynn. If you would like to follow me, I would love it. You can go to rubylynn.com. It's all things Ruby. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe here on YouTube and any other platform that you're listening to. This podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much every podcast platform. My guest this week is an amazing entrepreneur and creator who has built his business. He entered the adult industry by accident about 15 years ago and decided to really make his own brand. Not only is he one of the most professional creators I've had the pleasure of working with, he's also developed a course for male talent to help guide them through the process of getting started and just anything they need to know. And on top of that, he lives an alternative lifestyle, which I'm excited to hear about today. Help me welcome my guest, Chris, also known as AZ Pornstar. All right, we have Chris, AZ Pornstar, in the house this week, and I am so excited to talk with you. I had the pleasure of meeting you during AVN. We actually, I was lucky enough to get to collab with you and shoot a scene, which was amazing. And I couldn't wait to talk to you about a whole bunch of different things. I think you're newer to the industry if I remember, and also that you live a alternative lifestyle, which might seem normal for you, but maybe all those people looking from the outside in could be alternative. So I'm excited to hear all about your story today. Fantastic. Yeah. And and it's been, I can't believe how much time has gone by since AVN already. <clears throat> it feels like it was just like a month ago and, and it's it's more than that. So yeah, it's, right. uh, I had a great time shooting with you and I'm, I'm so happy to be on this as well. Cool. Awesome. So let's start. I like to just dive right in. And I want to know, how did you get in the adult industry? And how long have you been in the adult industry? Okay. So um, in terms of my personal brand, it is fairly new. In terms of the adult industry itself, I go back about 15 years. And yeah, so I, I got my start. I was I answered an ad on Craigslist looking for uh, somebody who could take pictures of partially nude or nude female models. Now, at the time, I was about 21, 22 years old. I had just started a photography business, so I had all the gear, but, you know, weddings were kind of here or there, so I had to fill the time. So answered the ad, went down, and I walk in, and I didn't realize I was on a porn set uh, until I kind of came around the corner and, you know, she, she's laying naked on the couch and, you know, he's standing naked on the end of it, you know, uh, taking care of himself, like getting ready for the scene. There's dildos everywhere and everything. A little I was fluffing like, was going on, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was like, it was just, it was like, uh oh, what did I just step into? And it was, it was like, I was excited because I walk in, I'm like, oh, cool. I, like, I just walked onto a porn set. And then I was like, oh, cool. I just walked onto a porn set. And so I did that for about a year, year and a half, roughly. And so I got into the groove. I'd go down usually every weekend, you know, I would shoot and everything. And uh, my, my job was to, uh, they would mock up the entire scene. I'd take pictures of it. And then I'd go hang out in the corner until they got ready for the pop shot. And then I'd stand up, I'd take pictures of the pop shot, I'd get paid and I'd, I'd leave. And so this one shoot, I'm sitting there, just kind of chilling on my phone. And the guy, the male talent's having some problems performing. 
And the producer had paid the girl a lot of money to come in and the website was all about facials. So uh, obviously if he couldn't get that, then it was a lot of wasted money. Mm -hmm. And so half jokingly, half serious, he turned around to me and goes, do you want to get in there? And so all of a sudden, like before he finished getting the words out of his mouth, I popped up. I was like undressed and everything. I was like, yeah, let's do this. And, um, so I go, I, 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 I do the pop shot and uh, I, I go over and I grab my camera and I, I take pictures of it and then I get cleaned up and everything. So he comes to me after the shoot and he goes, that was the best first pop shot I have ever seen. He goes, if I paid you more money, he goes, would you continue to take pictures and then do that for every shoot? And I was like, so wait a second, I'm going to get paid more money. And I get to be in porn. Yes. What do you like? I just, it was an immediate. And uh, so, yeah, so I started doing that and that's, I, I became known as stunt cock. That was my, my nickname when I first wow. started. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. And so did you, did you start shooting your own scenes then from that? How did that progress? No. So that was, I did that for a while. I shot for some of the studios uh, that were around some up on, you know, the Northeast, some in, in the Southeast. And I was just in scenes that they needed me. I got hooked up with one of the agents and he would just kind of bring me into different jobs. I shot for this, for this group, uh, quite a while. They had a bunch of different sites that are still around today. And, um, you know, so I shot a bunch of stuff for them and I was just male talent. I mean, that's really all it was. I just, I just jumped in and, you know, did what I needed to. And I, you know, went about my business. So did that for, for quite some time. And then I moved out to Arizona at that point. So I I moved out to Arizona about 10 years ago. I'm just thinking in my mind, what an interview. I mean, for your first right? thing, I mean, your first. Yeah. Let's just test him out right now. Let's see. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was, it was a very different time then. I mean, listen, everything then was, it wasn't about the website. It was about DVDs. Like I, no joke, I have DVD covers and, and DVD discs that, you know, have me on them. So it's, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy that that's what it was. You, you know, at that time you had to have a studio and the high end equipment and everything to be able to produce. And now it's very different, you know, with, with the, the only fans and the fans leads and, you know, all the, the different, you know, individual creator platforms. Right. Right. Do you shoot for any studios still or would you? Uh, I, I do not. Um, I would. Yes, absolutely. I, I enjoy, I have to be candid. I, I really enjoy the content creator role because I, mm-hmm. I enjoy, <laughs> I have control issues. Right. So I like, I like having control over the final product and what it's like and, and, you know, how the shoot goes and everything else like that. And mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. when you work with studios, it's just like, show up, do your thing and, and get out of here. And yes, that can be fun. And, and for some people, that's all that they want. You know, I right. equate that to, you know, going to work, collecting your paycheck and going home and that's it. You have no more responsibility. Whereas I've always been an entrepreneur. I've, I've, owned and operated and started and sold a number of businesses. So I'm just an entrepreneur. So I'd rather create a business around it instead of just getting paid only for the time that I'm in front of the camera. So just a slightly different mindset. It is different with a studio too. I shot for a studio once and I have chosen not to shoot again. I mean, it was a great experience. It was a bucket list thing, but mm-hmm. I think I get what you're saying. What's frustrating for me is I don't own those scenes. And so when I run, when we run our DMCA service and all those scenes, I mean, weekly, there's like 80 hits. Those scenes are out there everywhere and we have no control over it. I have no control. So that's frustrating because like you, I'm also a control freak. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The reason why I'm a business owner. 
That's right. Same, yeah. same. Which I have to say, I think I've told you this uh, before many times, but just publicly have to say that you are the most organized business-like creator that I've ever did a collab with. Thank I you. was actually shocked <laughs> at how organized you are. And, you know, you've been kind enough to kind of share with me some of your techniques and systems you use. And I'm going to put those into place because what an awesome thing. I couldn't believe it. It was amazing. <laughs> it, it, it honestly, it makes life easier. And, you know, I know, I know we're going to talk about, you know, my, my, my personal life a little bit. And, and, and a lot of this plays into that. I have multiple calendars for different reasons. And I always found it, I've always found it to be a struggle where, you know, you go back and forth in a million messages and going, okay, yes. well, you free this day. No, I'm not. Okay. You free this day. No, I'm not. And it's just finally, I was like, you know what, let me, put a calendar system in place and I can send you a link. You find one that works for you. Paperwork, same thing. I have automation tied into that. So now when you sign the paperwork, it sends out, you know, Hey, this is where we're going to be shooting. You know, here's how you get here. This is what, you know, please show up 30 minutes prior, you know, just, it, it lays all that out. So it takes the work off of me so I can focus on other areas of the business. So you either delegate or you automate. And that's, that's the only way to grow. Honestly. I loved that, that you sent me, you know, the paperwork ahead of time and also like the model agreement. So we knew what each other's limits were before we mm -hmm. even met. I mean, yeah. we had never even met in person when we <laughs> did our collab. And for me, I plan to use that automation that you've taught me mm -hmm. uh, because I don't allow any, you know, nudity out on the Internet. And so yeah. in the past with my collabs, I've just kind of taken it on their word and trusted that they wouldn't do that. But, you know, going forward, my goal this year was to actually put that, you know, in writing and say, you know, it has to be behind a paywall, whatever you do behind a paywall, I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, no Twitter stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you and I even talked about too, and, and talking about incorporating into paperwork, you and I talked about, well, how are we going to release the content? That's a, that's yes. a whole nother piece of it. You know, are yeah. we going to do it at the same time? Are we going to do it at completely separate times? You know, how are we going to support each other? And none of that was in, in the paperwork, but that going right. forward, it's go, I'm going to start incorporating that going, Hey, you know, do we agree when we're going to release it? You know, what is the bottom dollar price that, you know, right. we agree to release it for that way? I'm not putting it out for $5 and you're putting it out for $50. Everybody's going to come to me and buy this, you know, so it's when, when it's a collaboration, it is truly a collaboration from start to finish. I love that. I, that's what I love about you, <laughs> which is why I want to shoot with you again. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. That'll, that'll be here in what, just about a month or so. So. Right. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So let's, uh, so when did you actually brand your AZ porn star? I want to finish up with that side of it before we turn to your personal life, which I'm super curious about, but when did you brand yourself with that? So, so I moved out to Arizona about 10 years ago. I did not think that Phoenix had the, the adult production, uh, to the scale of what I experienced on the East coast, you know, um, very, very red state, very conservative. So there, there wasn't a whole lot out here. And so I, you know, I kind of got out of the business for a little bit. I did more on the development side. So I built websites, I did uh, some marketing things. I did graphic design, I did video editing. So I, I wasn't performing, but I was still working on it. Uh, wound up meeting a guy who oddly enough, him and I went to rival schools back in New York. And um, so we connected. He he was the the idea guy. He's like, I have this idea. We should start a production company and we should you know do this stuff. And I was the implementer. 
you know, so I said, listen, I can make this all happen. I've built businesses. I can do all of it. So we came together, we create a studio and we do this for about two and a half, three years. And, uh, and then he had some personal stuff going on. And so we stopped shooting, stopped posting content. Uh, oddly enough, the website still does very, very well. We still get a lot of traffic to it. But uh, July of last year, I said, you know what? I want, I want to get back into doing it. I want to perform. I want to have more control over the vision now. And so I, I bought the domain name in July. I started filming some content um, at the end of July, beginning of August, and a little bit of September. And then in September, I, I launched the site. So it's it's been um, less than a year at this point that I've had the brand wow. out there. You've really grown. I think you've just grown crazy fast, too, from what I, I see. Hon- I, honestly, a lot of it is how I view the work in the adult industry, you know, how I view my, my co-star, my co-performer, uh, how I communicate and just, just a lot of the other things. I mean, you've, you've worked with me, so you know what it's like to, to perform in a shoot with me and how we go through and how we collaborate on the idea, how we work on getting the clips that we need and, and everything else. And honestly, a lot of that is lacking in the industry, if you're, unless you're at the, the higher level, you know, you're, you're signed with an agent, you know, and the agent's booking everything for you and you're working with the big name studios. When you're at, at, the, con, at the, the content creator level, it's very different. And so many guys get into this or try to get into this industry and they just go about it the wrong way. And, and my approach is just very different. It's very respectful. It's, it's, you know, Hey, you don't want to work with me. That's fine. I'm not going to start calling you names. I'm just gonna be like, listen, we don't work together. It's fine. I'll move on to the next. Um, I focus on putting out good, good quality content. I make sure, and I think this is the the big key is that I, um, market and advertise the people that I work with. I don't just put up a video and be like, I work, you know, I just, you know, shot this video and that's it. Like I tag them, you know, I retweet their stuff. It just, it, it really has to be a, a collaboration from start to finish in everything that we do. And I, and I just, it's an approach that honestly, I don't see a lot of, and I, I think that's the difference that I've made and why I've, I'm as booked as I am. I mean, right now I don't have any availability until May and I put out a post on Twitter yesterday or this morning. And now I only have a, yeah, I have a couple days, like it literally the, whatever days I had left in May, I only have like one or two left now because all the rest of them got booked out. So I'm just like, you know, now I'm already looking at June at this point. Wow. And, and what an amazing thing, right? What a blessing to have that, to be booked out that far. What do you look for in a creator that you want to collab with? Is there is there certain things that you look for? Do you research them? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think one of the first things that I do is I see, you know, how active are they? You know, and I understand everybody has to get their start somewhere. Not everybody starts out on Twitter with, you know, 92,000 followers. Um, so there, there's always a start. But how are they interacting? Um, I try and honestly, I try and stay away from individuals who bring a lot of their personal drama into the public eye, um, just because I've had personal experience with that before. And it's just not something I want to do again. So I look for a lot of that. Um, I look at who else they're working with, um, you know, the kind of content they're, that they're putting out. Do they market and advertise the people that they're working with? How, you know, how do they interact with some of the, the comments uh, from other creators. And so I just, I take a lot of these things into account when somebody reaches out and says, Hey, I'd love to work with you. I kind of go research them real quick. Mm-hmm. And then I come back and go, Hey, yeah, it would be, it would be cool to work with you. Or if I kind of see something that's, that I don't like, I'm just like, Hey, sorry, you know, I, you know, not now, you know, thank you. But yeah, 
you know? Um, but yeah, I absolutely do research. I, I think everybody should do research on who they're going to work with. I do for sure. And, you know, recently I've had to turn a couple folks down just because their brand, you know, their branding didn't match up with mine, you yeah. know, and it's like, there's so many creators out there. It's just, we weren't a good fit. And I always yeah. hate saying no, but sometimes you have to. No, I mean, listen, yeah. it's, it's, it's the, the whole thing with any business. And, and this is the case. You have to look at what, what am I trying to put out into the universe? What am I trying to do in terms of a service or a product? And you have to know how to say no when something comes along that doesn't fit that. Because if you just say yes to everything, then you're going to dilute what it is that you're trying to do. And, and in the adult film world, there's something for everybody. And there's things that I don't agree with, but I don't yuck somebody's yum. Um, and so there are some creators and even, I mean, honestly, studios too, that kind of run a very fine line for me in terms of the content that they produce. And I get it. They have viewers who like that type of content. I'm not one of their consumers, but again, I don't want to be associated with that either, you know, and I think that's the big key. And it, it's just, it's okay to say no, because you have to remain true to what you're, what you set out to do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more, but yeah, you are one of the top creators. I I'm excited. So that leads me into, tell me about your course you're developing. You just have so much oh, exciting yeah. things going. Tell me about this course and how that came about. So it, it honestly came from feedback that I've had from creators like yourself. You know, I, I work, I've worked with such a diverse group of creators. You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a very, um, you know, people positive type of person. I don't work with a, 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 any, you know, creators who have a very specific type of look. I've, I've worked with younger creators, older creators, you know, uh, you know, skinnier creators, you know, bigger creators. Like it, it doesn't matter to me. I, I feel like for me, I, I feel every person is beautiful, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and their body is beautiful. And so it, for me, that's something that's important. And so in this, in, in, with this course, I've had, I, I've talked to a lot of different creators from all different aspects, but there's this one common theme that, that I've, I have with each one of them, which is they've had a horrible experience getting either getting into the business or with a creator in the business. And usually it comes down to a guy who did not respect boundaries, um, you know, did not know how to communicate properly was, you know, uh, took the, the rejection of, no, I don't want to shoot with you extremely personal. And then winds up, you know, uh, uh, lashing out. And I look at it and, and, and then testing. I mean, that's a whole nother piece testing, uh, right. boundaries, consent, paperwork. I, I can't tell you how many times I've worked with, with creators who have gone, you know, I, I bring out the paperwork. I'm like, what's this for? What's two, two, five, seven. I'm like, Whoa, hold on. So I, I saw that there was a need for guys who do want to get into this industry, but don't know how to do it. You know, it's the, well, how can I work with somebody if I don't have any content? you know, and, you know, I need to be able to work with somebody to get some content. So this course is really built around the fundamentals of before you can shoot your first scene, let's talk about why are you even doing this? First of all, like that's, that's, that's the first, after my introduction, that's like the first thing is like, what is your why in this? Then let's talk about the equipment because you know what, listen, I don't have anything against anybody shooting on their phone. Our phones take some amazing video now, but the problem is, is that 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they really do. I had to shoot a scene. I had my actual camera, you know, have an issue and I had to film a scene on my phone. Um, and it, in, unless you can tell the difference, you know, unless you, you really look closely, you really can't tell the difference. So, you know, you have to figure out what equipment you're using, you know, lighting makes the difference, you know, mm -hmm. and you know, how are you going to edit it? So what kind of scene are you going to do? And then we have to deal with paperwork and testing and communication and everything else. And I just looked at it and I said, there, there are so many steps that guys are missing when they, when they try to get into this industry, they think that just taking a picture of their dick and sending it over going, Hey, do you want a collab, uh, is the right way to go about doing it. And I, listen, I have, I have screenshot after screenshot after screenshot. Of I was this. just going to say, if you want some <laughs> screenshots of some really hokey introductions, <laughs> I can send those to you. <laughs> Please. I would love them because honestly, I'm going to use them in the course. Obviously I'm going to spare everybody's identity in it, but you know, I, I, I get sent them all the time from all the creators that I've worked with, you know, and they, they, they go, here's another one. Here's another one. And I, I want, I want guys to get into this business and be successful with it. That's, that's the ultimate goal, but I want them to do it the right way. And you have to, you have to understand what the fundamentals are. I mean, I think filming the scene is like number 10 or 11 in my, my course curriculum. There are, you know, there are nine other things that come before that, before you ever shoot your scene. And then we, we need to talk about, well, how do you keep your co-star feeling, you know, safe and secure during, mm -hmm. during the shoot? You know, how do you handle things after the shoot? How do you handle changes? You know, there's, there's just so much to think about that. I think a lot of guys want to get into this industry simply to get their dick wet. You know, and right, they they, right. they go about it the wrong way. And listen, I'm not against that. I understand some guys are just like, I want to have sex and I want to be, you know, the guy on the film. Great, but you're going about it the wrong way. You can you can have a very successful stint as a creator or as a just a straight up porn star doing this stuff, but at least do it the right way. And and boundaries, consent, testing, paperwork, those are like the core elements to all of it. I love that. I cannot wait for your course. What do you know what it's going to cost? Do you have any ideas what you're going to charge for this yet? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah, because here's the thing. If, if in this industry, you know, everybody, and at least the guys that have reached out to me are like, I don't know where to get started. I don't have a ton of money to do this. I don't have a ton of money to do that. And I, I look at it and I go, I feel like education should be free. I, you know, I'm going to go and educate you on how to do this. Now, at the end of it, I'm going to have one-on-one -on -one mentoring. I'm going to have group mentoring. Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually going to put together for guys who go through the course and sign up for mentoring. Mm -hmm. I will help them with their gear. I will help them wow. with communication and then actually set up a, a shoot house. So then that way they can come to the shoot house and work with established creators. So now they can get their scenes to be able to put out there and start, you know, on this path of, of creating on their own. And, but I think the education leading up to that needs to be free. I, I, I really believe that people need to understand everything that goes into this. That's amazing. I'm just like, I'm speechless, but I also am going to say that if you're training them, sign me up for that shoot house. Cause if they act like <laughs> you, I'm in. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and, but that, and that's the whole thing. Like they have to go through, they have to, they have to complete the course and you know, there there's, they have to be in the one-on-one -on -one mentoring. It's not like, well, you just complete the course and now you right. come to a shoot. It's like, well, there's, there is going to be a cost to the mentoring, you know, cause there, mm -hmm. there is the investment. If you reach that point, you have to start investing in, mm -hmm. in being able to create the business. And that, that tells me who's serious or not. And then from there, it's like, now I start to see how everybody is, you know, where they are. And now I, now I can have the, you know, the smaller group setting 
at the actual shoot house to be able to do it. And then, you know, for creators like yourself, you now get introduced to new talent, um, you know, people who, if you vibe really well, or they're, you know, they're close to you geographically, now here's somebody that you can work with, but they understand the fundamentals and everything that goes into it to, to be successful. Wow. I, that is amazing. I, I am so excited for this course. When do you think it'll go live? Is it live now? Uh, so right now it, you can go to the, to the website. Um, is, is it okay if I, if, yeah, oh, it, yes. okay. yeah. um, it's, it's very easy. It's a very long name, but it's how to become a male porn star.com. Okay. Okay. So very long keywords work very well on it, but, uh, right now you can go there, you can put in your email address and, uh, essentially sign up for it. Um, once the course launches, I'm going to email everybody and be like, Hey, it's live. Go ahead and go mm -hmm. in. Um, mm -hmm. Behind the scenes, in terms of the the content, I'm still filming some of the the uh, the slideshows, some of my videos, and things like that uh, to fill into the course content. Building out some of the quizzes. I mean, listen, you're not going to go through a course and just watch videos and that's it. Like, I'm going to quiz you. You're going to have assignments. Like, th this is a legit thing, and I'm putting a lot of work into it and offering it for nothing because I I believe it's going to make a difference. We really need to raise the bar in the adult industry when it comes to ethics, when it comes to health, when it comes to safety and everything else. And this is what I view as my contribution to it. So if they go to the website, they sign up, as soon as it launches, I'll let them know. Right now, my target date was March 15th. It took me a little bit longer to film mm -hmm. some of the stuff. So it might mm -hmm. be closer to the end of March, beginning of April at this point. Sounds like a lot of work, but yes, I will be promoting that and sharing it. <laughs> a ton. You just tell me where to send them. <laughs> yeah. And listen, at some point, honestly, you know, what I'd love to do is, is create a, a, a revenue share model with talent like yourself, where, mm -hmm. you know, now when you got, when you have these guys who have never heard of me pop into your DMs, send you a dick pic and go, do you want to shoot? You can literally just be like, before I'll shoot with you, go to this course. It's free for them to join. But now when they become an actual mentor, now I can track them like, Hey, they came from Ruby. I can track them and say, Hey Ruby, I'm going to give you, you know, a, a piece of the revenue that comes from, you know, them doing the mentoring and everything else. So it's beneficial on the, on the other side too. You literally read my mind, not about the revenue. Cause to me, I, it wouldn't, but I was like, oh my gosh, from here on out, if I get these, hey, hey, mm -hmm. I'm going to be like, uh, could you go talk to Chris, please? And then come yeah. back and try again. Try again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, yeah. And, and honestly, that same thing, that's, that's what a lot of the creators that I've, I've received the horror stories from have, have said, I'm just like, listen, I was like, what next time you get somebody in your DMS, that's just like, Hey, you know, and, and dick pic, I was like, send them here. I said, because then once they go through the course, I'm going to know, I'm going to have their information on my side. And so when they can come back to me and go, did this person pass the course, you know, and if it took 42 tries for them to, you know, answer the quiz, then they might not be the best person to work with, you know? So it's, it's, um, it gives you a good insight as to what their overall direction is, uh, you know, in, in the course of trying to do this business. And I'm a big supporter of mentoring and I, I'll, I'm really vocal about it. I hired a mentor, uh, over a year ago, about a year and a half ago, I hired a social media and only fans coach. And so best money I ever spent. I wouldn't mm -hmm. be where I'm at right now on my fan site if I hadn't hired somebody who had that expertise. And so I'm a big proponent of mentoring and coaching for sure.
It's it's huge, you know, and and by investing in yourself, you're it, it's going to pay for itself in the long run tenfold. And I've learned this over many years. I've had many different businesses in many different verticals, and it's always the same. You you only know so much. And that knowledge can only take you so far. So when you bring that mentor in, they help you step over that line and mm -hmm. grow. I mean, as, as successful as I've been, I still have business mentors. I still have mentors in, in very specific areas of my life because even though I know as much as I do, I don't know everything and I will never know everything. I always, I can always learn something from somebody and mentors really help unlock your thinking and show you the path. Or as like I like to say, they give you the cheat codes on how to get to that next level because now it's, you're not figuring it out on your own. They're giving you that clear path. You have that awakening. You're like, boom. And now I'm, you know, I'm at that next level. Absolutely. I just hired my coach for a second year and the second year is more intensive branding. And so, yeah, yeah. it's totally worth it. Well, thanks. I can't wait to share <laughs> all that information and share your website. So let's talk, let's switch gears and talk about your personal life. I uh -oh. found out when I shot with <laughs> you that you live a poly lifestyle and that really, um, I was very interested in hearing about how that came about. I've been involved in the swing lifestyle for about 15 years and kind of over time, I wouldn't say I'm poly by any means, but definitely ethically non-monogamous. Mm -hmm. So I want to know how did that all come about? Were you always had that lifestyle and how does that work with your business? So how that came about, um, Oddly enough, so I was not, and I'll, I'm I'm very candid about this. Um, I at one point was not uh, the E in ENM. I was not ethical. Um, mm -hmm. I I came from honestly. It was a. I was at a shoot years ago before I ever moved to Arizona, and I had I was with somebody at the time, and there was the this girl that we were shooting with, and mm -hmm. her and I just connected like we just we had I don't know what it was, but we just had a great connection, and I remember looking at myself going, that's kind of a weird feeling. Like I have somebody at home. Like why am why am I feeling this way? Never really explored it, but I started kind of down that path of having my my. Uh, professional life, if you will, mm -hmm. you know, that, that everybody saw on the outside. And then I started, I call them the light and the dark side. So the light side was my professional me. Uh, the dark side was all the stuff I did after hours, you know, and that's where I started exploring BDSM. I started exploring, you know, group parties and stuff like that. And I kept them very separate for a long time. Fast forward, um, I'm out here and uh, same thing. I kind of got out of it for a little bit and moved out here. And then I kind of that, I found that lifestyle again. And then it started to really tear me apart. And so, you know, you know, having the, the, the professional side and the dark side, um, again, I was with somebody at the time and I, uh, I just, I wasn't ethical about it. And I started going to therapy. Uh, I was one of those people who did not believe in going to therapy because it's like, well, if you're going to therapy, it's because you have a problem and I don't have a problem. I'm doing just fine living, you know, two different lives essentially. But um, I found myself getting angry for no reason. I found myself uh, very conflicted about a lot of things. I went to therapy and that's where I found out about polyamory and how some people are 
naturally wired for it. Um, you know, there's some people who are not, uh, who are wired for monogamy. Yeah. And some people who are, are, who are wired to, you know, to be able to go out and explore what the world has to offer from multiple people. And so, uh, I came out about, uh, four and a half years ago, um, okay. you know, about it. And at first it was kind of like, it was little bit by little bit. So, you know, um, partner found out first and then, you know, from there it was immediate family. Uh, and then from there it was select friends and then eventually, you know, the, the rest of the friend group. And, um, it was hard. Uh, there was a lot of things, honestly, that I did wrong in the beginning. And mm -hmm. if I could go back and do it differently, I would a hundred percent, um, you know, but live and learn and just right. not repeat those mistakes, obviously. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's how I kind of came into it. Just, you know, it was just there. I think it's always naturally been there. I just never knew mm -hmm. what it was until I, I started going through therapy to really decode what was going on. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so at this point you have your primary partner and do you have other partners? Are you, so how do you, how does this work? <laughs> okay. So, um, I don't have, uh, I, I, I subscribe to something called relationship anarchy. So it is a, there's, there's no really hierarchical, um, setting to it. I, I used to be married. And so at that time, uh, she was my primary, um, and, you know, just for, for obvious reasons, you know, we're, you know, being married and having a house together and all of that other stuff. Uh, and then the rest of the partners that I had were, I like to view them as equally as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, since then, since going through the divorce, um, I have subscribed to RA and what that means is I don't have a primary partner. Uh, I live by myself and I have two partners currently. And, okay. you know, I have my relationships with each one of them. So we are very much, uh, there's a couple different flavors of, of polyamory. One of those is, you know, kitchen table where, you know, myself and all my partners and their partners can all sit down at kitchen table and, you know, be able to have a good time together. Um, I'm more of a parallel poly um, at this time. So it's, it's each of my partners know about each other. Um, they, they know, so the, the whole ethical part and, uh, but I have, you know, date nights with one and then, you know, on, on, you know, a different night, I have a date night with the other. So each week I have a date night with each one of them. And then as little things come up as different events and things like that come up, I'll go to, you know, one event with one partner and then one event with a, you know, a different partner. So nice. And you're happy, right? Uh, listen, it's, I'm, I'm happy. It's challenging. I'm going to be very candid. That's, that's a, um, it's not easy there. What I found in monogamy is that you can sweep things underneath the rug and mm -hmm. go about your day and pretend it doesn't exist. Can't do that in, in poly because as soon as you sweep it underneath the rug, you're going to trip over that rug pretty quickly. And gotcha. so you have to you have to air out uh, insecurities. You have to air out uh, fears, wants, needs, desires, all of that stuff. It has to be heavily communicated. So. When you get into this side of it, the communication has to go up a, a whole different degree. Gotcha. Gotcha. And what do you think your biggest challenge is then? Out of all of those, what is the biggest number one challenge? Uh, honestly, it's it's the communication. It's I'm okay. a, uh, are you familiar with attachment styles? Yes. Okay. So I, I'm, I am the, um, if you've ever read the book Attached, I am the avoidant one, the one that they make out to be the villain in that book. And, um, and so my, my communication 
style is if something bothers me, I typically kind of go inward. I reflect, mm -hmm. I think on it, I separate myself. Um, and so it can make communication challenging sometimes when emotions get involved because mm -hmm. at that point, you know, I don't, I need to focus on my emotions. What am I feeling? Why am I feeling it this way? Is it a me problem? Is it a we problem? Uh, you know, is this something where I'm just kind of being stupid and I'll get over it in five minutes? Or is this something that requires a deeper conversation? So that, mm -hmm. that all goes on in my head. And, and so when I pull away, you know, my partners who are more communicative, you know, they're, they're, uh, ones who like to communicate and work through the problems, it frustrates them a little bit because I kind of like shut down. But we have talks around that. And it's like, listen, I'm mm -hmm. not shutting you down. I'm just trying to figure out where things are at and and determine, you know, hey, am I just being stupid or do we need to have a deeper conversation? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. And when you involve more than just one partner, you're right. It gets mm -hmm. a lot more complicated because yeah. it just does. It just does. What do you think is the biggest misconception about your lifestyle? Oh, that we do nothing but have sex all day long. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not, it is not true. Um, you know, everybody, you know, the, even my, even my friends, when, you know, I, I was explaining poly to them, they thought it was just a constant orgy. You know, that's just all we did. We all got together. Everybody in the, in the, the polycule, as we call it, mm -hmm. just got together and we just had sex all the time. And I'm like, nope, not even close. Uh, we would play games. Uh, we would go to events and stuff together. And uh, it was it was more uh, at least on the the kitchen table side of things. It's mm -hmm. more like a family. You start doing things together more so. You know, you go out to dinner together. You go to events together. You know, uh, everybody's kids come around and they all play with each other. So it's mm -hmm. just it's a it's a different feel, and it's it's very very little on the sex side. It's more focused on the the bonds between everybody. But you you mentioned your partners don't hang out, right? Or they do correct. They do okay. not know. Yeah. So, so in this case, yeah, it, it does make uh, Polly a little bit more challenging because, mm -hmm. you know, think about holidays and things like that, you know, which partner do I spend it with? And, you know, listen, you, you spend it with one partner and the other one gets upset, you, you know, and the next time you spend it with the other partner and it just, it's, it, it can be challenging. Uh, you know, there've been some days where I'm just like, Hey, listen, I'm going to spend this day by myself instead of with either one of you. And it's, it's never, Ask, how do you choose? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, honestly, it's, it's, it's very hard to choose, especially on some of the bigger days, like, you know, uh, Christmas and New Year's and things like mm -hmm. that. It, it becomes mm -hmm. a challenge because everybody has their needs, has their wants, has their desires. And as one person, it's, it's sometimes difficult to, to meet that. And mm -hmm. you know, that's where the, the communication part comes in. And sometimes it goes well, and sometimes it doesn't. And everybody learns along the way, but. Right. And do your partners have other partners as well that you know about? Um, so, so I would, I would typically need to know about it because we are, uh, when we talk about um, the, the ethical part of it, it's, you know, mm -hmm. we have to include testing and all of that. I was just um, going to ask that. You led right yeah. into my next question. <laughs> So, yeah, so my, my, uh, my one partner, she had other partners and, uh, but does not currently. And then my other partner does not have any partners currently, but she's kind of dipping her toe back into the dating world, which she said that that is a complete shit show. Um, so I don't know how far into that dating world she's going to go, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the makeup right now. So I am essentially uh, the, the V, if you will, in this. So I have a partner on each side, but they don't have any currently on their sides. Okay. And so fluid bonding, then you all get tested regularly or? 
Yeah. So obviously me being, me being in the adult industry, I get tested often. Mm-hmm. Um, my one partner, uh, she actually shoots with me sometimes. Oh, nice. Um, and so, uh, she, she gets tested fairly frequently. Um, she doesn't shoot as much as I do. So, you know, her oh, yeah. testing is a little bit more erratic, but yeah, we have, um, even though that they don't have partners, we still have a, a testing mm-hmm. policy every three months. And, you know, if they do get a partner, um, you know, I'm not the whole fluid bonding thing. That's always been kind of foreign to me. Um, only because I'm always, I've always been one of those people that I, I don't like the feel of condoms, uh, sensitivity issues sometimes kind of make wearing a condom difficult. And so I've always looked at it as just like, you know, sex without a condom is just the way that it is. And I'm okay if they choose to, to do condom, uh, you know, or some sort of protection with somebody else, I still like to do the the testing. And so the, the understanding sure. is that before anybody is introduced on either side, that, everybody gets up-to-date testing. So they know going into it that they are both clean as of, you know, as of that date. And then they go in and if any other partners get added, you know, obviously I I can't ask for everybody's test along the line. So I have to trust my partners that they're asking for the test to protect themselves. So that way it doesn't, you know, disrupt our relationship. Right, right. Gotcha. That's a lot to keep track of. I can see why you have Mm -hmm. calendars now. Yeah. That's I listen, I live or die by my calendar. Like if if Google ever goes uh, like if they ever have an outage with Google Calendar, I I promise you I'm not going to know what to do. Like Google, Google honestly, it's a joke in the poly community where if Google Calendar goes down, we don't know whose house we're staying at or we don't know who we're sleeping with that night because it's literally like that that organized and you have to be just because there's so many different moving pieces. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so we're ethically non-monogamous as well. Mm-hmm. Not, I wouldn't, not Polly by any means, yeah. but, but it sure opens up your life when you take out jealousy and the ability to just live authentically. And I, that's what I always think of is living authentically. Um, I love the fact that if I travel and I can call my partner and be like, so-and-so's coming to get me, we're going out on the town. And then he's with a friend of mine out to dinner, you know, and it's really fun because no one is jealous. And I love that about the, that lifestyle for sure. Yeah. I mean, and listen, there's still jealousy in E&M, you know, it happens often. We all, we all experience jealousy. I mean, I've run into a few people who say they never experienced jealousy and I would love to know what that feels like. Um, but the difference is, is that in ENM, when the jealousy is there, you have the communication around it and you're like, Hey, mm-hmm. you know, I need some reassurance. I need to know that, you know, things are okay. Or, you know, what's our safe bubble or our, our baseline right. that we can go back to if things don't, uh, go the way as planned, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're more on the swinger side of things. So ENM encompasses a lot of, of different yes. lifestyles. Yes. Polly is one of them, you know, swinging is another one. And oddly enough, I'm poly, but I've never done swinging with a partner. And so mm-hmm. my one partner and I, that's something that, you know, we've been exploring and we're, we, sh- we shoot adult content together and we've shot all kinds of stuff, but on the personal side, we're still taking it slowly. We're still having conversations around everything to mm-hmm. make sure that we do it the right way, you know, and it, and it okay. doesn't cause issues. Yeah. I tell you though, we're so busy with our business that we don't even swing anymore. I mean, it's like, I don't have time. (laughs) And then it it became this thing where, uh, okay, well now, you know, we're so strict about testing. It's like, 
Uh, you got to be tested. You're going to sign a 2257 because I'm going to monetize it. <laughs> so we really, we really kind of had to step away. We we still go to the monthly meet and greet because we're friends with all those people. And But yeah, it's so funny because we actually haven't done anything for years because yeah. we're too busy and I want to sell it. Yeah, and listen, and 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 again, that's that's how you tell you've got the 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 uh, business owner mindset. You look at it and go, how can I take something that I enjoy doing for fun and make money off right. of it? You know, right? And right. Uh, it, you know, it's, it it does. It gets in the way, but you're still you're still enjoying the the benefits of E and M. You're still able mm-hmm. to go out and work with a lot of different people, and like you said, the the people that you meet in the lifestyle become very close friends. Like you wind mm-hmm. up going out to dinner with people and having right. very vanilla conversations. It's not always about the sex. It's about the connections that you create with the people. Yes, exactly. And that's why we still go to the monthly meet because it's just so nice. You can be yourself. You can flirt with each other. You know, it's, it's just a lot nicer. Yeah, I agree. Well, as we close up this show, I really loved hearing about all the different dimensions of Chris. I always like to ask for a granny panty tip of the week. So what's one tip? I know that you, you've probably got a lot of them because you're doing your course, but what is one tip you have either for someone in, um, an alternative lifestyle, someone in the business, what's like the one thing? The one thing I think there's, I think there's one thing that spans both, um, and then there's one I'd like to talk about specifically on the the creator side. So okay. I think one that that spans both honestly is is hygiene. Um, it's something that you know when you're in a poly lifestyle or, or when you're in an E and M lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know think about hygiene. Think about the other person that you're with. Think about the you know it. You you may have multiple partners. I've been in the situation where I've been with one partner in the morning and a, and another partner in the <laughs> evening. And I make sure that I'm showered, I have clean clothes, you know, the bed sheets are changed. And I, I want everybody to have that that clean experience where they don't feel like they're, you know, kissing somebody else off of, you know, my lips or they're laying in right. somebody else's whatever on the bed. I just, I think hygiene in all aspects, both personally and, and environmentally are important. On the adult content creation side, there is something, and, I, and I, this is very prevalent in the uh, the dating world, but I think something that needs to stop is ghosting. Honestly, I think oh, that, yeah. I, I think if, if, if somebody reaches out and says, Hey, listen, um, I want to shoot with you and you don't want to shoot with them. Just be honest. Don't, don't just ignore their message. You right. know, if, if you're, if you're going to be late for a shoot or something comes up and you can't make a shoot, communicate it. Like, just don't, don't take and not communicate, not talk to somebody and just kind of just pretend that they don't exist because mm-hmm. it just, it ruins your image. It ruins, it ruins my, you know, somebody ghosts me. I actually just put them on a blacklist. I'm like, you know, what? I don't want to even work with you. I don't expect you to get back to me within 30 seconds of sending a message. But if I have to wait a week to get a response back or just like kind of follow up and you just, I see that you saw the message, but you're just not responding. It just makes me go, okay, like you're not going to be somebody that I want to work with. So I would say up the communication, stop ghosting people. Like that's just, that I think has to end. Yeah. That just recently happened to me at AVN and trust me, that creator, I will never work with. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, what's really bad it. is when you, when you lie to the creator, you're supposed to collaborate with, and then I see your posts on Twitter. I know that you had no intention of showing up. So guess yeah. what? 
<laughs> yeah. Delete, delete and block. But right. I yeah. remember communicating with you. Like I was like, Hey, oh, listen, yeah. you know, my flight, you know, here's where I'm getting in, you know, what time I'm getting in. I think my flight was delayed getting into to Vegas. And I remember yeah, messaging still you. Made and it going, on time though. Yeah, yeah, still made it and everything. But I was I was making sure that I was communicating with you all the way. I didn't want you to just like if I was going to be late, you know, I needed you to know that ahead of time. And it's just, I, that's, that's really the key. Just stop ghosting people, like communicate with them. It's not hard. It is. And I mean, and I'm pretty flexible. Shit happens at AVN. Our testing was delayed because so many people got tested there in Vegas and, and we had waited to get there to test because we wanted, you know, the, the most freshest mm-hmm. test ever. So, you know, another creator that I had a collab with, it's about communication saying, Hey, I don't have my results back, you know, da da da. but you're right. Just yeah. be open about it. I love those tips. Thank you so yeah. much. You're welcome. Well, I appreciate you taking out the time to be on the show. Cause you are hella busy. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Listen, I, I will make, I will make time for you anytime. I had such a great time collaborating with you, doing the scene, just everything was super professional from communication to shooting the scene to even communication after all the other things that we've had going on. Cause I know we've talked about, you know, business processes and things like that. I just, and I've loved working with you. So yeah, any, likewise. anytime, anytime. Likewise, likewise. Well, thank you again. I wish you luck. I can't wait to share your new course. I will definitely promote it because uh, these guys should be listening to you. They should take note. They need to thank sit you. up and take note. Thank you. So I appreciate that. again, and I will see you in Chicago. I'll see you in a few. Yeah, just about a month in Chicago. I'll see you there. Thank you, Ruby. <laughs>